Hello, Matt here. We've got another episode of the Matt White Nutrition Podcast for you today. As I mentioned in episode number one, throughout these podcasts, I'll be talking to a variety of people in the health and fitness industry. They'll be giving us some really practical tips for you to take away and apply to your own health and fitness. This week, we'll be speaking with Barnaby St. Anton. He has an MSc in sports nutrition and currently manages LED Fitness Gym in Devon. He's competing in both strongman and powerlifting events, and he absolutely loves choco milk. During this chat, Barney covers everything nutrition related that you should consider if you're trying to get a bit stronger. Hope you enjoy listening to this episode. Please leave a review or a rating on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever podcast app that you use. And I'd also appreciate it if you shared it on Instagram or Facebook, um, and especially your Instagram story and any other social platform that you use. I really would massively appreciate it and it will help me get this great information out there, allow the podcast to grow and help me reach more people. Thanks and enjoy. Hi mate, how's it going? How you doing mate? You right? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad, thank you. Good, Good. I was having a real bad nightmare with my um, my tripod. Yeah, so as soon as I realised this was in, on Instagram, I was a bit like, all right, what am I going to do? So this is my tripod. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> and, um, that shelf in there is where all that usually goes, but yeah, it'll work. Nice. Yeah, you're, you're nearly as professional as me. I've got a table, a bulk powders box, and another box. So There you go. Nice. And, and a little tripod thing, so, you know. Nothing, nothing I've like, I've set up the camera and stuff, but yeah. <laughs> this is pushing my oh, limits yeah. a little bit. Not too bad, not too bad, yeah. You? Good, yeah, good. Are you, you're obviously not working at the moment, are you, because of the gym? Yeah, so I was, I was working up until last Friday, um, just going in and checking the building and stuff like that, but now there's no need for that. So, yeah, off, off work, but um, I've got other things that I keep keep dabbling in, so that, that luckily I can keep that going. So I've been writing a... Carbohydrates 101 article today. Um, yeah, yeah, well, so just keeping busy. Yeah, cool, good stuff. And um, so, I think the last time we actually spoke was when probably in Loughborough when you said, I'm pretty sure it was when you said, I had a job interview for this gym and I'm probably going to take it. And that was what, like two years ago? And was it the gym that you work at now? I think so, yeah, day? it was. Sorry? I'm sure it was. I think it was in Power Base. It would have been in gym. I think. Because I worked there, didn't I? That was it. Two years ago, it seems like. (laughs) It's crazy, isn't it? Like, when I look back at, like, just how crazy my year of the Masters was, and I'm sure how crazy your year with Martin was, to now, it just seems like it seems like ages ago. Ages ago. I know, it seems like it seems like so long ago. So much has happened. Yeah, exactly. So I normally, I, I normally like to start these things. I say normally, I've done one. Um, but sure. just with a, just a really quick question of it's all about food. So cool. if you if you were on a desert island and you could have one meal for the rest of the time that you were there, what would it be? That's a good question. I'm, I'm assuming I've got like refrigeration and a cooker and stuff. 
Yeah, it's just like bad. It just like magically appears somehow, like who knows how, but yeah. it's got to be like a pepperoni pizza then, easily. A pepperoni pizza, great shell. <laughs> yeah, I would, I would definitely go for pizza as well. Maybe not pepperoni. I don't it's know. It's classic, isn't it? Like I've, I've only met a couple of people who genuinely don't like pizza, and I, they're just usually weirdos. It's, yeah. I was about to say that you must be well with it. Why were you even speaking to him in the first place? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So now let's go on to like sort of the start of it. So tell us a little bit about who you are, what your background is, and sort of what you're doing now. Yeah, cool. So um, I'm Barnaby. I um, I have a master's degree in sports nutrition. I'm not registered as a sports nutritionist, so I don't really claim to be one. Um, full-time, I am the manager of a gym uh, in East Devon. I don't really work with athletes or anything like that. I work with just general population people, just like your mum, basically. Uh, she comes to me and says, I want to lose a little bit off here and around here and stuff. I'm like, okay, cool. So we do that. Um, I also work for a company called Future Fit Training, who are a training provider for personal training. Um, I did my personal training through them, so it's really cool to come full circle. Um, and I write for them, so I write nutrition articles and presentations and things like that. Um, yeah, I, in my, I compete in strongman and powerlifting, which is why I'm talking about this today. That's kind of where my main area is. Um, but oddly, when I my clients are mums, uh, but a lot of my PT clients that I've picked up over the years have been triathletes and kind of like divorced dads like in that kind of like in their 40s that kind of um demographic so it's, it's gone from one extreme of my interest to their extreme of their interest and then people in the middle i guess um yeah. so yeah i work with all people is that because they kind of like just want to try something new They've never really been into sort of like fitness or used to play sport when they were younger and now they're like Right, I want to do something. I think so. I, I, I don't really know what it is. I think like with I, it, it is so stereotypical. But like with you get like the divorced dads, and they like they they've, they've got that kind of thing missing in their life, and they need something to do on the weekends. And like yeah. triathlons are like fit for that. Um, usually, they've got reasonably good jobs as well, so they they can go out and spend a couple of grand on a bike and all the gear, and not think twice about it. And then come and pay for my hourly rate to just most of the time just to chat and I'm like okay well whatever so yeah I was going to say what better place what better place to do a triathlon triathlon than Devon like it must be so beautiful yeah just get outside it is it is yeah I think that's a lot of my friends and a lot of the community at the gym we've it's been great weather during lockdown and there are so many good walking routes as well it's for a lot of people it's kind of been seamless and not not too big a mess because we have been able to get out and it's you know gorgeous yeah oh cool so yeah you've obviously you've got a lot of a lot of things in your background and you're you're very well educated as well in that area so in in a number of areas but obviously your who you work with now and your own background they're both they're, they're actually quite different aren't they yeah yeah i think i think yeah. it's just because the 
the people who come to my gym it's, it's like your local leisure center like community leisure center it's not a spin sawdust gym um so we we get we get a few guys who can lift good amounts of weights so i'm not the strongest person there which is kind of where i'd like to be um i think if you're the manager of a gym and you compete in strength sports you should be the strongest person in the gym um but but yeah really it's like just got to adapt to the people who come through the door and make myself the best possible person to help those people yeah you just want to be the guy that goes up to someone when they're squatting wrong and just being like no this is how you do it and then chuck on 250 kilos uh, a bit a bit less than that a bit less than that um but yeah it is, it is nice i think with most movements there's a few like go-to mobility drills that most people are lacking in like for the squat for example most people have really poor hip uh, flexibility like the hip flex is really tight doing what we're doing now sat down at the desk working all day um and there's some really quick simple things you can do to free that up um and then some cues you can do to once that's been done to help get them in the right position for that uh and sometimes you know you don't necessarily add weight to a bar with those thing changes like that but it just moves a little bit better it's a bit more efficient and people feel better afterwards for it mm. yeah definitely like i say there's a there's a lot of things you can do um that are quite quick and simple even if it's like a five minute five minute warm up five ten minutes and it can help a lot can't it yeah but, yeah so the main topic that when we were messaging was nutrition yeah. for athletes for yeah. sort of strong or anything but that's such a massive area isn't it and i was just <laughs> i think it is yeah like i've i've got a little plan here uh right on some cardboard of uh kind of areas i want to go into but like every area could be like an hour-long podcast yeah. i guess so just you know, touch on every bit briefly if that's right with you matt yeah go for it so what was cool what was the first part i think like with any when you're working with any athlete or really or maybe people but definitely athletes there's got to be some kind of planning that goes into the structure of a diet before you get into the nuts and bolts of it um so when you look at a strength athlete or someone who wants to improve their strength or power we don't want to spend a long period of the year in a caloric deficit because in some way that is going to hinder adaptations that's going to hinder training or at least not make it as good as it could be so we want to plan to spend as much of the year as possible either maintaining or gaining a little bit of weight with the idea that the majority of the weight we gain is lean tissue rather than body fat now like of course you can't just eat in a surplus forever because there will be some level of uh, adiposity that comes with that and you'll gain weight and there'll become a point where that's detrimental to health but also performance like i've noticed as i've gained weight that just getting into a deadlift if you've got a little bit of a tummy is quite difficult um especially if i'm doing like deficit deadlifts there um it's difficult to get in that position so you look at um someone like glenn ross I don't know if anyone would know him, but he's kind of a presenter nowadays. Massive guy when he was competing. Really, really obese. Really strong guy, but not very good at events where you have to get into positions and stuff. So I think when you look at kind of the big picture of a year, you want to plan out when your competitions are likely to be. And in Strongman, there tends to be a season which is kind of summer towards 
uh, early winter time where you want to be avoiding caloric uh, deficits and have those as far away from competition as possible so that they're, they're least detrimental and then build up into it and maintain as you need to. So that would kind of be the first phase of it. Um, then it's breaking that down into how, what do those phases look like? So the number one priority, I think, when you're looking at anyone's nutrition and the thing that's going to govern their uh, adaptations the most is their calories. So starting there, um, I'm sure you've probably got an online calculator or a link to it once somewhere um, where people can estimate their calories and how to adjust from there. Um, and then working down towards macros. So obviously protein is going to be a huge, huge um, priority for strength athletes. Um, kind of with strongman more so, because if you think people who are just in the gym, like your, your meathead bodybuilders or your powerlifters, you're trying to be as efficient as possible with your movements. You're doing a barber squat or you're doing the chest press machine. There's not, if you're doing it correctly, there's not a huge risk of injury with those movements. Whereas in stronger movements, if you're you're deliberately, they try and make the sport as as injury prone as possible, give you the most awkward implements to lift, like atlas stones, uh, horrible to lift, um, you know, farmers walks, um, weird shaped objects, sandbags, stuff like. That. I've got a sandbag in the garage. It's uh, it's 68 kilos. For someone who can deadlift 220 kilos, it's really awkward to pick off the floor. Yeah. Um, all, so, all the awkward things that, like, that you can think of, that's what is included in strongman. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. hard as possible. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, but all that stuff, there, there comes an increased risk of injury. And with that um, comes uh, an increased risk for um, increased requirement for protein as well. So, kind of looking at, I think, kind of conservative protein guidelines for most strength athletes would be 1.6 to 1.7 grams per kilogram, um, some kind of variation around that. I think you can almost put 0.1, 0.2 on for strongman as a conservative estimate for that. And it's probably not going to do any detriment anyway. Um, what is What is interesting to me, though, is like when you – I've kind of taken a step back here. Um, when you like strongman, when you look at like strongman nutrition, or you type into YouTube strongman diet, like the first ten videos that come up are Eddie Hall and um, Brian Shaw showing what they eat. You'll say like strongman five thousand calories or ten thousand calories, and you can some of them it just it's just like a day in the life what they eat, and some of them are entertaining because you get to see these. Huge guys you see on the TV eating cheesecake, eating steak, eating pizza, and it's cool. But some of them, like most of Brian Shaw's new ones, all he eats is like bison, rice, and carrots five times a day. Even that's not entertaining. But like for your average person who's going to go and watch and look up to their idols, seeing them eat 10,000 calories a day, it's like, oh, well, that's what I should do. When actually, like, no, 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 that's, that's probably for most people, not many. <laughs> Far too many, and that's when we get to that point where you gain weight too quickly, and then you're going to have to spend a lot of time in a deficit to lose that weight. So it's yeah, uh, I took a massive jump there. Sorry. Um, <laughs> we basically say don't go on don't go on YouTube, watch these guys eating ten thousand calories and lifting loads of weights, and think 
yeah, I'm going to go to the gym and do that. And I'll tell you what, yeah, I need 8,000 calories a day. You, because exactly. most people don't. Most people, if they took more of a steady approach, then it would help them a lot more in the long run. Yeah, I think it's, it's, it's difficult and it's not it's not kind of like sexy to do the things that people did when they were a rookie. When you're a rookie, you want to do what they're doing now. Um, but that, that's what you've got to do. You've got to be a student. You've got to have that kind of like white belt mentality. I think it, someone's called it. Um, I think it's white belt. Whatever belt is the lowest belt. Um, or a jiu-jitsu reference or something. I don't know what color yeah. belts are. Well, <laughs> <laughs> rookie belt. Um, you've got to have that mentality to go back and just start all over again and do what do what they did when they were there as well. Um, exactly. Yeah, carbs. I've been looking at the word carbs for a little while now. Um, so I think carbs. Um, there's going to be obviously higher. Someone's just confirmed it is white belt. I think in the chat. Um, <laughs> the yeah, carbs are going to be. You're going to require some. Um, but not really a huge amount. Like it's important for the type of training you'll do and to maintain larger muscle masses. Um, but we're not doing, despite what I might think when I do like a two-hour training session, I'm not actually doing that much work in that training session. A lot of that, I'm just sat in the deck chair waiting for the next set, and I'm probably yeah. waiting a few minutes too much every time just to be 100% ready. Um, so mostly the carbs are there just for general cellular metabolism just keeping your larger body ticking over a little bit for training um and a little bit for just feeling fuller and a bit more um confident i guess i, I always feel when i consume on the higher end of carbs i always feel stronger and I, I know that's not empirical evidence or anything like that that's just my own gut feeling um i did a podcast myself on ketogenic diets recently and I, I that was the complete opposite when i didn't have them i felt so weak and i felt literally like my muscles were wasting away um yeah so i certainly wouldn't yeah have that no no so i it's the same with well i'm good at most sports i was so rubbish i played the whole season while doing a keto diet and i it was my worst season ever and my, even my even my teammates were just like oh, i would say oh i'm a bit tired and they're like yeah we can tell like what are you doing yeah yeah sorry it's nice to know it's not just me um and no. then like timing guidelines kind of i think timing guidelines are kind of more appropriate for endurance athletes and i'm certainly when i've worked with triathletes and stuff i've seen much more benefit from saying to let's say like tom who doesn't pay attention to any nutrient timing i want you to have x amount before take a sports drink with you and really prioritize getting a meal in straight away when you get in or as soon as afterwards you see much more benefit of that to strength training and i think a lot of the benefits of pre-training meals for strongmen or strength athletes is psychological and i think it is going in and knowing you've had something in you because if you look at the movements we're, we're doing from a energy substrate point of view it's or it, most of it is going to run off the is short ballistic movements so phosphocreatine is like the, the energy system we use more on that later mm -hmm. um, we're not doing despite what people consider 
endurance events. Like in, in strongman, an endurance event is considered like doing as many reps on a deadlift as you can for 60 seconds. But that's not endurance exercise, but that's just like the range of, that's the perception of it. Um, yeah, I don't, I think obviously there's the post-training considerations and the need to get in carbs and, and protein post-training. Um, but I think if you're on a kind of in a caloric surplus anyway, you're probably going to be having a meal after training anyway. Um, and it's probably going to have some protein. It's probably going to have some carbs. Um, yeah. So the whole just, protein straight away is very much an old myth now, isn't it? And I think most people yeah. would know that you don't necessarily need it straight away, but sort of, what would you say, up to an hour, an hour and a half, is that? Yeah, sort of somewhere that I kind of figure. I think long enough so that if you were to have a stretch after your training, which most people don't do and should do, um, long enough to do, drive home, have a shower and have a meal, you probably you'll maybe have a meal then shower, whatever. You, that's what you want to do. What you don't want to do is come home, sit on the sofa, watch TV, and then at the end of the night, think, oh, I better have something. But like, yeah. as you said, well, I remember when I was 16 and I first joined the gym and I went to um, GNC and I bought my first two pots of whey protein, which was their store brand. It was unflavored. It was disgusting. And I remember getting in from a, um a workout and my mum saying to me oh can you just help with the dishwasher and literally being like no i've got to get my protein and, and it's literally all the memes all the exaggerations that was me running to the sink like yeah. get it in um and doing that and going to shifts at work stuff like yeah terrible yeah. terrible right. what a mistake everyone has been there like if anyone that has been kind of going to a gym for like or for a while everyone's been there that's how you start protein straight yeah. away that's what you need to get massive yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, just believe what you eat when you start out if, if it'd be so much simpler if everything that was written on the internet was correct wouldn't it <laughs> it would be you could just you could just first click on google and you'd be like oh solid you wouldn't need to know why to review or meta-analyses is or how to read them no or no need to spend 40 50 grand on an education yeah. <laughs> yeah. no need to get <laughs> yeah <laughs> um yeah and then as i as i mentioned kind of um moving on to the tip of the iceberg stuff now supplementation um i think creatine is one of the things just everyone should supplement and by everyone i mean everyone like your mum should do it my mum should supplement it but definitely strength athletes because we take creatine so we can increase uh, levels of phosphocreatine at the muscle and that can donate phosphate group for atp production but just for those ballistic power movements we can generate atp that much more quicker it's going to it's going to increase your strength it's going to increase your size um why wouldn't you want that as a strength athlete? And, or, you know, why wouldn't you want that as a general gym goer? And the reason I say um, everyone should take it is because there's really strong links with mental health and reducing uh, symptoms of depression with it, um, with creatine supplementation. Um, so that's why I think just everyone should take it. Um, it's really inexpensive. It's not... It's so cheap, isn't it? 
Yeah. It's so cheap. Even if you just need to get creatine monohydrate, um, yeah. cheap, mix in with some water. Doesn't taste awful. Doesn't really taste of anything. It's just a bit grainy. If you have it on its own, uh, but yeah. but so benefits. A really really basic, like you say, a creatine monohydrate. No need for any other type. If you get the powder, it's the cheapest one. But if you go to shops and everything, there's the tablets. They can be one quite expensive, and two sometimes they can be quite large and uncomfortable to try and swallow. But the creatine monohydrate is probably your best bet if you were to look into if you were to do that. Yeah, you would say that about, but creatine is definitely one of those ones that can be so beneficial, like you've just said, to so many people in different situations. Mm-hmm. I think there's maybe, sorry, two seconds. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> There's maybe some situations where you wouldn't want it. So if you compete in a weight category sport or in a sport where your power to weight ratio or just your overall body weight is a bit of a is a detrimental or not detrimental is going to limit your sports performance, then that's a consideration because with creatine you will gain retain some water weight. Um, and if yeah. you don't, then the creatine is not working. So don't use that creatine. Um, so th- things like that would be um, some of my cyclists and triathletes, for example, probably closer to competition, might drop them off it, might might not, might, might forget to tell them, uh, to be honest. But yeah, only when we're weight training, I really strongly encourage them to take it. But that, that's the thing, really strongly encourage. I don't ever force someone to do it. And there's so many, you, you could do a podcast on the, considerations moral and ethical and stuff for supplementation it's always done to the individual for that um, of course it is, yeah. Yeah. last supplement would be caffeine but i think caffeine is kind of one of those things where there's in the strength community yes especially in the strongman as well like strongman is such like a working man's sport or hobby i guess it's like i look at competitions and the majority of guys that compete they're working in trades they're mechanics they're builders plumbers or they work in gyms things like that um and there's a real kind of old school mentality that comes with it a lot of the time and it's kind of the view that old school is the best school and stuff like that and when when i've previously put posts out about caffeine supplementation it's well i just have a black coffee before mm. okay that it does contain caffeine, but coffee isn't just caffeine water. There's so many other things going on in it, and you're probably not going to get anywhere near the dosage of caffeine you need for an actual performance-enhancing effect. It's, I think yeah, it's somewhere that's like what I was going yeah, to go three, say. You were probably going to explain it. Yeah, three to six milligrams, roughly, per kilogram. So for me, I weigh 105 kilos, that I've looked, I looked this up as well to make this point. I think in a kind of monster energy like the White Ultra, which every gym bro has, which I have, which I know I assume you do as well. Um, oh. <laughs> there you go. There's there's 150 milligrams caffeine in that. Well, that's what I could yeah. find it had on the internet. So for me, I'm looking anywhere two to four of those to get. That's a lot of carbonated 
break. <laughs> it is. It's going to sit in my stomach, and I'm going to do deadlifts and struggle to get there, and I'm going to have all this gas in me. It's going to be awful. It's going to be awful. Not so, like, just do it. What was that, mate? Sorry? Not going to be optimal. No, definitely not. Definitely not. So, I think that's where, like, a caffeine tablet or something like that could come in to help performance. Um, yeah. And that, yeah, that was kind I of my whistle through it. Yeah, even, I mean, we're talking about strength sports specifically, but even like with myself, and again, another reference to hockey, before I play, I would have a, a, um, a coffee and a 200 milligram caffeine tablet. And some of my teammates, they were like, why are you, why are you having that much caffeine? Like, you're going to die. And yeah. it, to get that ergogenic effect, you just you need that much more, don't you? Um, like you say, a simple black coffee, it might it might um, make you think that you're actually going to perform better, but it's not actually going to have that effect. Yeah. I think there's – it's interesting to say that. I think there's, like, a general – consensus or like public view that caffeine's bad and that all that yeah, caffeine there is. is genuinely like dangerous like it's amphetamine level of hype and things like that but it's just just really not the case no i mean sometimes when i've had that and then i'm playing at quite a high intensity i do feel like my heart is going to like sort of explode this it can be quite intense and definitely if you're not used to it don't go straight into that. That though. That. that oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You, you'd have a bad time, it's, and especially like caffeine's one of those things. Like I myself as a competitor, I am a really anxious competitor. I get myself really worked up. I, don't, I like to just be by myself in a corner, get myself worked up into a state, and then go and just clear my head like last second and go. With when are you when you add caffeine into that mix, it's just just forget about it there's some days if i'm feeling stressed or something at work like i know like someone offers me a a coffee i'm like no (laughs) like no it's just not going well for anyone you know um it's 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 knowing when to have it and when when not to isn't it and sort of and testing that i suppose as well and i think that probably that comes with experience doesn't it so if if someone is um competing or if they're going to the gym a bit more then and they wanted to sort of start taking a bit more caffeine to improve their performance if they take it and they start feeling all these weird feelings and it's just not for them then you probably say well it's a great sports performance supplement but if it's not for you it's not for you yeah sure sure yeah i mean if if it Physiologically improves you, but psychologically knocks you back to a greater extent. And then, then why are you taking it? Why are you taking it? Yeah. So, what what are we on to? How many? How many is that? Is that three? Is that four? Uh, really, that was my whistle stop tour through it. <laughs> it was a very good tour. Thank you. <laughs> I think Thank even you. I learned something. There you go, mate. Welcome. So, um. Moving on to something that I did, I mean, how long have we been? Been half an hour, that's fine. Just really, really quickly, what are some really common myths that you hear in the sort of strength sphere? You know, if, if, you're, if you were to go and compete at powerlifting or 
strongman? What are a couple of really common like nutrition myths that you hear that, yeah, obviously myths and not, not true? That's a really good question. Um, immediately what comes to head is the phrase weight moves weight. And that is often, that's quite often used in strongman in particular for you hear, you always hear the biggest guy say it as a way to justify him being the bigger guy. And by bigger, I mean the most fat guy. Um, and certainly that isn't, that is true in some events. So if you think of like the big events where you've got a plane and you're pulling it on a harness, physically weighing more to counterbalance the weight of the plane and get it going does help. But in a lot of the static events where you can't get into position or a lot of the mobility events where you have to move yourself, then it's detrimental. So I don't think it's necessarily a myth, but it's just very, very situational. And it's almost always going to be detrimental to the, your whole competition performance, even if you it's beneficial to one particular event. Okay. Yeah, that's really interesting. That's a that's a really good one, and that kind of goes back to what you were saying at the start as well, doesn't it? About kind of not always. Um, well, I suppose at the start you were saying about not always being in a deficit, but to have that level of not being too large, but also to kind of like be at the right right weight. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um. So yeah, you you have kind of covered. So as a as a really another really quick kind of three tips to anyone that's starting or is is even just doing strength sports or sort of strongman powerlifting. It can even be sort of like throwing events, can't it? Strength sports, but yeah. yeah. Um, what would be your like three top tips, real quick? I think number one would one hundred percent do some research into creatine. Decide if it's right for you. I would strongly suggest it probably is right for you. Um, number two is um, <laughs> kind of it's kind of like my gag thing, but chocolate milk is just going to be such a helpful thing. Um, I, I love let's, it. Let's just cover that. So sure. you're you're a massive fan of chocolate milk or chocolate milk. Um, yeah. However, I'm a, I prefer banana milk. Um, okay. what, are the, what, are the benefits, what are the benefits of choco milk then? So for, for me, where it came from was I was going to work and across and training there and then across as a co-op and I was always buying like little 20, 20 gram protein, protein pots and stuff like this for a couple of quid. And I was thinking like, I'm spending like four or five quid just to get like a decent sized protein. Like there's got to be a better way to do this. I was thinking like, okay, milk. Stuff. So then I looked at chocolate milk and I was like, this, this is brilliant. This is exactly what I want. And it's a pound is 85p. So in like a, in a liter there, I think there's just over hundred grams carbs, which is a bit on the higher side. So I just take some carbs away from the rest of the day. It's 45 grams of protein. But not only that, it's good quality protein and that it's got all the essential amino acids, all the uh, high in BCAs, high in leucine, which is, um, we could go down a complete different rabbit hole talking about the importance of leucine. Um, and it just tastes good. It's just really good, easy to get in. Um, and I think, again, if we go back to like looking at strongmen, like the kind of working men jobs, working working in a factory, working in a on a site, in a... In a um, in a garage, you can't necessarily stop and have steak and rice or chicken and rice. 
but you can have a drink. So why not have a litre of chocolate milk with you? Get a few hundred calories in. Yeah, yeah, it's quick, convenient, and it does the job, doesn't it? Um, I I remember actually when I first started reading and getting into nutrition, that was one of the first things that I actually read, funnily enough, sort of over over ten years ago. That after a workout, if you have some chocolate milk, and even then it was just like what chocolate milk, but it's like you say, a fraction of the price of if you were to get a ready-to-drink protein shake in a shop, and it, it does exactly the same thing. for listening to this week's episode of the Matt White Nutrition Podcast. As I mentioned at the start, it would be a massive help if you leave a rating or a review on the podcast. It would be great if you could share this episode with anyone that is interested in nutrition, health or fitness. Please share it on your Facebook, Instagram or any other social media platforms as it will just help the podcast grow and allow me to reach more people. Thank you again for listening and feel free to get in touch with me at 
www.mattwhitenutrition.com.